From diplomacy to personal visions, we bring you inspirational stories of foreign ambassadors and diplomats across Thailand. Here on Radio Thailand FM 88. This is the ambassador. Good morning, Swadika. Welcome to the Ambassador, a weekly program that invites foreign ambassadors to share with us their diplomatic careers, their lives, and their visions. Broadcasting every Saturday from 8 to 8:25 a.m. on Radio Thailand FM 88. I am Sukanda Kel Anurag. This week we will be discussing about Israel, a country that has superior agricultural technology and human resources. And looking at the recent success in its COVID-19 vaccination program, Kunwana Chaitetiwong interviewed His Excellency Dr. Meir Salomo on this matter. This has been a good opportunity for us to visit the Embassy of Israel. But first of all, can you introduce Israel today? Well, Israel is a Pretty small country. It's uh, we're only eight and a half million people, and 22,000 square thousand kilometers. Uh, so, comparing to Thailand, quite a small country. And also, we don't have that many natural resources. But uh, I think what is really typical to Israel is that because of the fact that we don't have natural resources, the only resource that we have we use very much, which is the human. Resource. Yeah. To a large extent, uh, in the last 20 years, the economy of Israel has been a, an innovation-based economy. We are mainly half of the Israeli export is IT, and none of it is products. All of it is software, or algorithms, or whatever. None of it is manufacturing. Mm-hmm. All of it is uh, has to do with the software part of the IT. Uh, Israel is very well known place for the multinationals to put R&D uh, research and development centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost every big company, the IT, Google, Microsoft, Intel, mm-hmm. has a, a large presence in Israel. Mm-hmm. A lot of Israeli companies are being bought by uh, multinationals because of the R&D, because of the research and development. So. That's the most typical thing I think about Israel economy. We used to be very famous and still are for the agriculture part of Israel. In 1948, when Israel was re-established, uh, one third of the population used to work in agriculture, oh. 33%. Oh. Nowadays, less than 3% work in agriculture, but mm. the output is even more than it used to be. Interesting. And the, fa- the, the reason is that the technology. Has enabled us to do all that. I mean, just to mention a few things like drop irrigation, that is famous in the world, and desalination, which is Israeli technology. So we are very. The technology has enabled us to move from large workforce that was in agriculture to a very small workforce, but still produce a lot. We export a lot of agricultural products, like Thailand does. Yeah. And I think Thailand is going on the same pathway, more or less, of reducing the number of people working in agriculture. We will probably be there also in a, in a few years, and uh, we are happy, of course, to 
collaborate with Thailand yeah. on both sectors, on the agriculture and the IT. And Thailand 4.0, the EEC, we are very uh, interested to work with Thailand on these issues. It's interesting you mentioned the agricultural sectors of Israel. This is something that we have in common, the importance of this sector. But what is different is that a huge proportion of workforce in Thailand can produce only small productivity, you know, in comparison with Israel. Productivity is key now. And how much do you think the technology and innovation from Israel can be valuable for not only Thailand, but for many other countries that has the agricultural sector as the main driving force? Well, I think technology is, is probably the most important factor in order to be more productive and also cheaper, because employing people is usually very costly. Uh, so if you can put technology instead of people, it becomes cheaper and it also becomes more productive. So I think Thailand is pretty much on the same on the same route like Israel did in uh, introducing technology into the agriculture center. I know that because we have quite a few Israeli companies that are working with the Thai counterparts exactly in this area of putting more technology uh, into it. I should mention that we also have uh, every year, we have 25,000 Thais working in agriculture in Israel. Uh-huh. And while working there, uh, they also learn the Israeli how to, you know, it's a hands-on experience with how to use Israeli technology in agriculture. Mm. So they come back here, the, the messengers of the already you have already this pool of people mm-hmm. who knows how to actually apply and do this. So that's another important thing that yeah. I hope Thailand will take advantage of because uh, this agreement has been in place about uh, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that means that you have around half a million Thais that actually worked in Israel oh. and know how to use Israeli technology. Mm-hmm. And when they come back here, that's a valuable asset for uh, Thailand. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is only one of the ways that, uh, but I'm sure Thailand is, is on the way to do the same thing that we do. Mm-hmm. One major technology from Israel is, is the innovation to cope with drought situation in agriculture and water management, which is something that Thailand needs. Can Thai people adopt Israel technology in this sector? Well, basically there are two main things. that Because we in Israel had also a very, very severe problem with water. We simply didn't have enough water. That, that was the simple thing. We had uh, one small lake in the north of the country, mm-hmm. and uh, that was, except of the rains that come every now and then, uh, that was all the water we had. So uh, we had to come up with something. Mm-hmm. And we came up with two things that, uh, that I can share with you. Uh, one is, of course, uh, desalination. Uh, Israeli technology uh, has uh, helped to put huge desalination projects mm-hmm. in Israel. So actually, you know, as much water as you have in the sea, mm-hmm. you can have water to either to drink or, or for agricultural use. Mm-hmm. So nowadays we don't have any problem with lack of water. It's only a question of the economic price, how much money. Mm-hmm. But, but this is a very, the technology makes also production very cheap. Yeah. So we replaced a lot of it by uh, desalination. The other thing we did is uh, what we call reclaiming breakage water. 
So all the sewage water is being treated, and actually Israel is number one in the world in uh, breakage water. Mm. We uh, reuse 80% of the, of the sewage water. Mm. Uh, we use and reuse it again. It's clean up to the point that you can actually drink it. Yeah. But people don't like, of course, to psychologically. <laughs> so we use it only for agricultural purposes. But 80% of the water that we use is being reused mm-hmm. uh, in agriculture, again, with Israeli technology. So that's two things that we are happy to share with everybody. And uh, by now there's a lot of countries that have desalination, uh, Israeli technology desalination projects, and of course the breaking water. Seemingly Israel's development pathway is consistent with the UN SDG 2030. So um, moving towards sustainability and can be the prominent model for many countries. Well, sustainability for us is a way of life because when you don't have that many natural resources, you must must have sustainability. (laughs) Just to give you a great example, uh, energy. Everybody talks in the last 20 years about solar energy, right? Right. So it's something that came, I don't know, in the last 20, 30 years. But actually in Israel, because we didn't have energy, zero energy, mm-hmm. uh, we started with a solar energy project in the 50s, 1950s. If you would have gone to Israel already in the 1950s, you would see that all the roofs of the houses and mm-hmm. buildings have solar systems mm-hmm. for water heating. That was a common thing that we used in the early 50s already. Mm-hmm. So this is sustainability when you don't have you know resources. For us, it's not like a, 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 a new thing. For us, it's a way of living. <laughs> right. Okay, I see. Yeah. So uh, a little bit more about um, cultures and traditions aspects uh, of Israel. Um, can you share with that how happy Israel people living in Thailand could be nowadays? Well, I think it's a, nowadays it's a privilege to be in Thailand to begin with. Uh, Thailand has been coping with the COVID situation very, very well. Uh, I really have to hand it to, to the Thai government and to the Thai people. Uh, Thai people are very responsible, uh, really no panic. Uh, everybody goes with masks everywhere. Uh, as soon as the pandemic started, you could see in all the stores there was arrangement to, to take your temperature, to uh, uh, to make sure that you have a mask, to to have alcohol gel and all that. So, and and you know the numbers speak for themselves. Thailand has the one of the lowest numbers of COVID infections in the world. Right. So this is really uh, uh, something we admire in, in Thailand and. We feel very safe also in Thailand, relatively to the whole world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we travel all over Thailand since, uh, I think, last uh, June. We started to travel, and we don't think uh, there's no no problem in that. I don't mm-hmm. see any problem. And uh, and it's really a privilege to be in Thailand in such, mm-hmm. such time. So I really want to thank everybody that helps to make Thailand so safe. <laughs> As Thailand is pretty safe and vaccine has been developed not very, very fast <laughs> in comparison with Israel. So when it comes to vaccine control and uh, policy to cope with the COVID-19, 
Israel is one of most accomplished country that deal with COVID-19 outbreak. Can you share with us these accomplishments and how vaccine development in Israel can be rolled out nationwide very quickly? Well, the real secret is, uh, again, it goes to technology. Uh, we have been, uh, we digitalized the health services in Israel mm. probably about 20 years ago or something like that. Mm. We moved to a digital health system. So everything has been digitalized for a very, very long time, right. which meant that when the pandemic started, it was very relatively easy mm -hmm. to mobilize the whole system mm. and, uh, and get the vaccination rolled very quickly. Mm. Also, we have a very good health infrastructure in Israel uh, that also helped. Uh, we have basically four main providers of health in Israel that are, uh, it's not a government, it's like semi-public, and uh, they've been uh, very efficient in administrating it. I even get emails all the time from my provider in Israel to come and get the vaccination <laughs> even here. And the, other, the last thing is that, you know, Israel is a small country in the end. It's definitely easier to do it in a country of eight and a half million than in a country with 100 million. So all this combined together made, uh, made it uh, that we are actually number one in the rate of vaccination in Israel. Mm -hmm. We are very, very close to what they call herd immunity by now, uh, because 55% of the population has been already vaccinated, uh, roughly. And that's 55 of the whole population. If you take the children and under 16, which we are not going to vaccinate apparently then mm -hmm. we are somewhere around the 70% of the adult mm -hmm. population so in this sense we are doing pretty good and and uh, by the way the Thai ambassador in Tel Aviv was the second Thai person in the world to get a vaccination See, and yeah. uh, we vaccinated all the diplomats for free and uh, all the Thai workers of course also were vaccinated wow. and all the Thai students uh, mm -hmm. That was a decision we made in the beginning of the vaccination. So, and of course, not only the Thai ambassador, but all the staff of the Thai embassy <laughs> has been vaccinated. So, so it's going well. It's going well. We are number one in that sense, and we are, and that's the reason why we feel that uh, that uh, the Israelis can come now and visit Thailand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Especially when uh, considering the. What we have is the vaccine passport that has increasingly developed in Thailand and ASEAN. But in Israel, you have uh, what to call green pass, right? Yes. So now it's proven to be viable, right, nowadays? Well, uh, there are two things about green passport. There is the green pass that you use in Israel, mm -hmm. and that's up to us, right? So we deal with it. Uh, you can go to theaters, restaurants, and what have you not. If you have the green pass and everything is okay, everybody is safe. Mm -hmm. uh, however, if you're talking about green passport, that requires also the the acceptance of other countries, right? right. So uh, the fact that we think it's safe doesn't necessarily mean that they think it's safe. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I think it's catching up very, very quickly in the whole world. I see that uh, Thailand has already taken a decision mm -hmm. that people who have uh, two vaccinations uh, or have a vaccination 14 days before they arrive to Thailand mm. uh, will have a shorter quarantine. So I think it's going this way where 
countries will feel more easily to deal with people who are vaccinated, which mm -hmm. makes sense. And in Israel, it's working pretty well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Last point about Songkran, because the National Day sure. is right exactly at Songkran Day. Do you have any plan, and what do you think about this, this kind of tradition? We love the tradition. <laughs> uh, the last three years we went outside and got wet ourselves. <laughs> this is a great... We have a similar tradition in, a, in another uh, that we throw water on each other and all that. Uh, it seems to me that most cultures have it at one point with some festivity that has to do with water. Yeah. And uh, no, we love it. We used to go... To, last year we went to Iconcian. It was very lively there right. <laughs> with uh, some crime. <laughs> Uh, this year, unfortunately, we under the COVID and all that. But uh, but you know, it's still uh, nice that people can travel and see the families, mm -hmm. and uh, that's a very very important part. Mm -hmm. uh, in Israel, we have the same. The New Year in Israel, which is on a different date, is also an opportunity for everybody to uh, be with the families. And, uh, so uh, yeah, it's a great uh, great. And you know we. I think this year we'll just stay at home. I don't think we're going to go somewhere. <laughs> because luckily, I think there will be a lot of domestic tourism in uh, some point. So uh, maybe we will take this one out and stay at home. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, we like it. Mm -hmm. Today, thank you for your time. I appreciate your information uh, about Israel and any other education that we learned today. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Swadikap. <laughs> The Ambassador. Having relied on Jewish wisdom and spirits for a thousand years, Israel has successfully developed technology, managerial capacity, and infrastructure necessary to overcome hardship in a sustainable way, offering inspiration to the rest of the world. And that's it for our program this week. We will be back next week with insights about Israel with His Excellency Dr. Meir Salomo. He will also share his personal viewpoints on Thailand-Israel relations in these modern days. Remember, you can always find us at podcast theambassador.podbean.com and Facebook FM ADH Radio Thailand English to discover the rest of editions and other stories you find fascinating. Goodbye for now. Sawadika. Bangkok's one and only all English news and music station, Radio Thailand FM 88.